0: begotten, not made of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life. Of the world to come. Amen.
1: Over there, over there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. All right. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And as I say every Sunday, this is a church of wide open arms, and we are so glad that you've decided to spend uh, this Sunday morning with us. And our desire is that number one, you'll make Jesus the Lord of your life, and number two, that you'll make Downey First Christian Church your church home. And so we're so glad that you decided to spend uh, this Sunday morning with us. And so before I get started uh, here real quick, I want, I want to share with you guys that next Sunday, I'm starting a brand new series, uh, a brand new teaching series, and I am so excited about this because the title of this series is called Joy Stealers, Joy Stealers, and we're going to be talking about four things, four things that steal your joy. We're going to talk about fear of the future and regret of the past. We're going to talk about the curse of comparison. We're going to talk about the love of self. And we're going to talk about the burden of sin. All things that you may know this or you may not know this, but there are things that are stealing your joy. And my hope is that as a result of the next four Sundays that you will be able to find joy. Not just happiness, because anyone can have happiness. We're talking about joy. A joy that can only be found through Jesus Christ. Okay, sound good? All right, cool. So that starts next Sunday. Very, very excited about this. And so... We're going to go into the scripture uh, for today. So if you have your Bible, uh, please go to uh, Luke uh, chapter 24. If you don't have a Bible, it's no big deal. We're going to have the scriptures on the screens. And uh, starting at verse 1, we're going to go all the way uh, through verse 8. And this is very familiar uh, information. This is actually one of the things that's, that's difficult. It's like, okay, it's Easter Sunday. What should I preach on? right? It's like, take a wild guess. So you may have heard this one before, but my hope is that this will have a freshness to it and that you'll be able to rediscover something that maybe that you've seen, but you haven't really let it inside of your heart. And so uh, Luke chapter 24, uh, starting in verse 1, it says, on the first day of the week, In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you? Remember he told you before? Remember? While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered what Uh, They remembered his words. And so today I want to talk to you about the topic, what are you looking for? What what are you looking for in life? What is it the thing that you're looking for? Have you ever been looking for something and you realize that it's right in front of you? Like my daughter, Amy, this was last week. She was looking for, for scissors. She's like, Dad, I can't find my scissors. And I'm like, Amy, they're literally right in front of you. Just bring your eyes down. Onto the table, they're literally right there. And she's like, oh, has it ever happened to you? You've got a, a pen in your ear and you're trying, where's my pen, where's my pen? And it's right here. Or, or have you been? Have you ever been looking for something and you've been looking for it for a while and then you just give up looking for it? And then you're looking for something else and you end up finding the thing that you were looking for before? This happened to Shea uh, last week, our, our um, Our young adult's ministry director, he was looking for his keys. He lost his keys a month ago. He gave up, and then his dad was looking for the remote control, and it was in the couch. So the reason why I share this is because last week we were talking about about Jesus entering Jerusalem. And we were talking about what the expectation was of the people that saw Jesus walking into Jerusalem. They thought that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem to free them from the sword of Rome. But what he really went in to do was to free them from the curse of sin. You see, they were looking for something, but they actually found what they really needed. And the same thing is true with the story of the resurrection. You see, these women, these women that went into the tomb, like try to imagine what was going through their minds. Like they had had lost all hope. Their savior was dead. And they went in, and if you think about this, it didn't even cross their minds that Jesus would have risen from the dead. They, their idea was, we're going to go find a dead man. We're going to go, we're gonna go and, 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 and put spices onto a, a corpse. It never crossed their mind as they were walking in. And so I want us to talk a little bit about this because we can relate to these women, we can, we can relate to what they were going through. And I want you to try to picture what was happening in their heart as they were walking. They were disappointed. They're like, okay, we're going to go over here. What was the conversation that they were having? What went through their mind when they walked in and they saw the stone rolled away? They are like, that's strange. What happened as they, as they walked in? What, what, what would you think if you were in that situation? What would you think if you were in their Situation. What would you think if you had heard the teachings, you had seen the healings, you had seen the miracles, you had heard Jesus predicting that he was going to rise on the third day? We see that in all four Gospels over and over and over again. What would you have thought if you saw the stone rolled away? What would you have thought if you would have walked in and not seen the body there? What would have gone through your mind? Wouldn't it seem obvious to you? that he rose from the dead if you didn't see him there. But you know what they thought? Let's read it. In John 20, uh, verse 2, this is Mary uh, went to Peter and John. They're like, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put them, where they put him. They they did not come out of that tomb saying, he is risen, he is risen, he is risen. That, That to me would have been an obvious reaction, but rather, you know what, the body is not there. Like, do you know where they put it? Like somebody took the body. It didn't even cross their mind. The problem is that when we look in retrospect and we think about it in retrospect, we're like, duh, obviously he rose from the dead. I mean, the teachings, the healings, the miracles, the predictions, the prophecies had been fulfilled. It is finished on the cross, right? There was the earthquake, the veil in the temple tore from top to bottom. The stone rolled away, the body gone. Angels were talking to them with, with, with gleaming clothes on, yet... They're like, yeah, somebody took the body. Like, I don't know, like somebody must have moved it. Doesn't that seem strange to you? How would have you reacted in that situation? Even when they saw the empty tomb. And then when they go to the disciples in Luke chapter 24, verse 11, it says, but they did not believe these women because their words seemed like nonsense. And you know what comes to mind when I think about this? I think I need to be more patient Because I need to be more patient with my kids. I need to be more patient with my family. I need to be more patient with my, like, because sometimes I'll tell people something over and over and over again, and it's like, it's not coming through. But then I think about Jesus and him saying that he would rise from the dead over and over and over again in all four gospels, multiple times, on the third day I'll rise again, 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 again. and they're like, yeah, somebody took the body, like, (laughs) we don't know. We don't know where they put him. And it gets even worse. Did you know that that after Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus himself appears to these women and appears to the disciples? You don't believe me? John chapter 20, verses 14 and 15, it says, At this, she, talking about Mary, Mary Magdalene, turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, uh, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. Like, where did you, like, maybe you took him. Like, where where can I go and find him? She had the risen Jesus right in front of her. She did not recognize him. And there's more. Same thing happened with a couple of the disciples. They were walking. you can find this in John chapter Twenty-four. You find you find two of the disciples walking with Jesus for seven miles. They did not recognize. They were t- they were talking with Jesus. They did not recognize him. And again, these were these were guys that saw Jesus turn water into wine, saw Jesus walking on water, saw Jesus feeding the five thousand, saw multiple healings, saw Lazarus rise from the dead. These guys. Now they had Jesus in front of him. After he rose from the dead, they did not recognize him. And so from our vantage point, we can look back and, and it may seem obvious. It's like, why didn't they see the obvious? It was literally right in front of them. It's almost like when you're watching a movie, you know, and like, don't go through that door because Freddy Krueger's on the other side. <laughs> I just dated myself with that one. Because um, you can see it. Like, you know what's going on and we look back. And we're seeing the obvious, right? In fact, we can, become, we can become judgmental in looking back and saying, hey, if I walked in and I saw the empty tomb, I would know immediately. Like, it would not take me seven miles to realize that it was Jesus that was with me, you know? It would be obvious to me. And I definitely wouldn't confuse him with a gardener, right? However, I think that we're much more similar than these women, and that were much more similar to the disciples than we would like to admit. You see, some of you in this room right now, you may have Jesus right in front of you, and you don't recognize him. You see, you may be here this morning, and you may, you may kind of believe in Jesus. You're like, yeah, yeah, look, he was a good teacher, I'll give him that. I think he was a good moral guide. Yes, I will give him that. I think he was a good role model. I'll, gi- I'll give you that. But the risen Jesus, ah oh, man, that's, a, that's like, I don't know, that's a little too far. Because people don't rise from the dead, you know. And honestly, this morning, I'm going to give you a pass on that one. And here's why. Because, because if the women who saw the empty tomb with angels didn't believe right away, I'm going to give you a pass. If, if, if the disciples walked seven miles with Jesus next to them and didn't believe right away, I'm going to give you a pass. If, if, you know, the story of Thomas. Thomas saw Jesus appear and disappear out of thin air, and he did not believe right away. So I'm going to give you a pass. I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to give you until the end of this sermon. Okay? Just kidding. God knows. God knows when the time is right. But my prayer is that, that God will work in your heart today. That God will do in your heart what I cannot do with just words. Which brings me to the image of the women walking into that tomb. I want us to think about that moment. When these women are walking into the empty tomb. Um, we don't know how long they were in there. We have no idea. They could have been in there for a minute. They could have been in there the whole day. We have no idea. All we know is that no matter how long these women were inside that empty tomb, no matter how hard they would look, there was no life in there. There was nothing in there. Um, You see, I believe that there's some of you in here, in this room, and and please understand what I mean with this. I believe there's some of you in this room today that you are walking into, quote-unquote, empty tombs, trying to find life, and you may be looking there, and you haven't found anything in those empty tombs. And, and I, I don't want to, like the search is legitimate because honestly, we're all basically searching for the same things. We're searching for hope. We're searching for purpose. We're searching for meaning. We're ser- searching for peace. We're searching for fulfillment. We're searching to be happy. We're searching for safety. Like we're all basically the human race. We're all basically searching for the same things. The difference is that many of you Or maybe some of you or all of us have empty tombs that we've been looking in where there is no life in there. And it is time for us to, just like those women, walk out from that empty tomb and follow the risen Jesus. You'll never find life there. And so what I want to to remind you this morning and tell you is, is what these angels told these women what do these angels tell these women? Stop looking for the living among the dead. You see, we can, we can be very critical with other people as well. We can, we can, we can be critical of, of the women. We can be critical of the disciples. And, and we can be maybe critical of people around us. Like, hey, you're looking in an empty tomb. Like, it should be obvious. Like, you've been looking there for a while. There's nothing there. There's obviously no life in that relationship. That is an empty tomb that you're looking in. Okay? There's obviously no life in that addiction that is an empty tomb that you're looking in. There is no life, obviously, in fame and recognition that is an empty tomb that you're looking in. There is no life in searching for material possessions that is an empty tomb that you are looking in. From our vantage point, it may be very easy to see it in other people, maybe obvious. But I wanna ask you to do this morning is look at yourself in the mirror. I'm doing the same thing, by the way. This is a hard week, looking at myself in the mirror and saying, hey, you got some empty tombs that you need to start walking out of. If you're a Christian here, if you're non-Christian, if you're churched, unchurched, de-churched, I don't know, if you're 8 years old, if you're 88 years old, if you're Democrat, if you're Republican, I don't know where you're at right now. I just want to invite you this morning to ask yourself this question. What are some empty tombs that you're looking in? Because maybe you're here and you've been looking way too long. And there's no life there. And so let me tell you what I think needs to happen in order for you to be able to walk out of that empty tomb. Same thing that needed to happen to those women. They needed to be reminded. Reminded. Remember these, the, angel, the angels told this, these women. Luke chapter 24 verses 6, 7, and 8. Remember how he told you remember what jesus told you while he was still with you in galilee the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners be crucified and on the third day rise again then what happened then it says they they remembered they remembered so maybe you're in an empty tomb right now and you and you hey maybe you're in an empty tomb and you've been there for a while I happen with my keys all the time. I'm like, I'm looking. There's this plate where we have the keys. I'm like, where are my keys? And I keep looking in the same place. I know they're not there. My wife's like, you've you've looked there like five times already. But we do that with our lives sometimes too. We go back to the same thing when we know we've looked already. There's nothing there. Relationships, addictions, success, religion, all these things. There's nothing there. So my question to you this morning is is why why do you look for the living among the dead? See, the Bible teaches us that that we'll find hope in Christ, we'll find purpose. Everything that you're looking for, I can't say it any clearer. Everything that you're looking for, you will find in Christ. You, You will find it. Because everything that you're, looking, that you're looking for in Christ is available now. Nothing more needs to happen. But maybe you're here this morning and, and you're, you're feeling the opposite. Like I'm saying, oh, hope and restoration and all these great things, but in your heart right now, you're feeling hopeless. You're feeling like you have lack of purpose. You're feeling restless. You have no peace. You feel, you feel anger. You feel, you'll feel, you feel weary in your soul. Maybe it took everything that you've got just to get into this place this morning. Maybe you need your own resurrection. And so let me me propose to you that it is possible that you've been looking in empty tombs way too long. And it's time to walk out. Today's the day. Today's the day that you walk out. It's time to walk out. And you may say, walk out? Really? Like, but walk out onto what? You see, there's a, there's, a, there's a twisted comfort in familiar pain. Like, at least I, like, you may be hurting right now, but walking out is even scarier. You would rather hang out in that empty tomb. I understand that. I've been there. So you may ask, well, walk out of the empty tomb. Okay, but um, into what? No matter how hard you look, there's no life there. And you may think about your situation, and you may think it is more likely to believe that Jesus rose from the dead than to believe that I can raise up from the situation that I'm in now. And I'm telling you, if Jesus rose from the dead, and if he rose Lazarus from the dead, he can raise you up too. And he will so i 'm going to end with this um, Many here are suffering that 's I know that I know that about you. We all have suffering in our life, and Jesus is is not unfamiliar with pain. I mean we we talked about that on, on Good Friday, we talked about his suffering, we talked about. His crucifixion. We, we talked about the mocking. We talked about the, the horrible situation that he went through. But we know that that's not where the story ends. And that's not where your story ends either. And so my invitation to you today is that you will stop looking for the living among the dead. That you will walk out of that empty tomb and follow the risen Jesus. and So I want to invite you to take a first step today. This is a first step of a journey with Jesus. So what I'm going to ask you to do is uh, this is a moment between you and God. This is just you and God. So I'm going to ask you if you could just close your eyes for a minute and, um, and bow your heads and no one, no one looking around. This is, this is a moment between you and God. Because maybe you're here this morning and again, you've been looking in empty tombs way too long. Maybe you're inside a situation of pain that is unbearable. But there's, there's actually comfort in that, a strange comfort, because it's familiar. Jesus is inviting you this morning to walk out of that and to follow him. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you haven't been to church in a while, and you're on the fence about the resurrection, and you don't know what you believe about, about Jesus. Jesus. but he's asking you to recommit to him. And maybe you're here and you don't have all your answers and you're waiting to have all your answers before you start following, but you look at the disciples and they didn't even believe. They were following. And so if you're here this morning and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, whatever that means, maybe you've been far for a while, maybe you need to recommit, Maybe you need to walk out of that empty tomb. Whatever it is right now, you need to recommit your life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to just, when I count to three, just raise your hand and put it right back down, and I'm just going to, make, I'm just going to do a prayer for you. So one, two, three, just raise your hand. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Amen, amen. And so, Lord Jesus, this morning, on Resurrection Sunday, we are so grateful because your story did not end in that tomb. And that means that our story doesn't have to end there either. So we thank you, Lord, for all the hands that were raised. I pray a blessing on them. I pray that you will allow for them to take their next step in following you and that we'll understand this morning, God. I pray, Lord, that all of us will understand that no matter how long we hang out in those empty tombs in our life, We will never find life there because you have risen. And the only way to find purpose and hope and a future and fulfillment is following you. And so I pray this, God, this morning for everyone here, and we give this time up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.